0: the King of Glory. Ensemble, make your way to the platform. Amen. Let's have church today. Amen. 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 So good to see you today. I'm glad that you're here. Amen. In just a moment, Brother Charles will turn the fans on and just kind of look at me and let's just have church today. I don't know about you, but I need a touch from heaven. Can anybody say they need a touch? If you don't need a touch, let me have yours, would you? Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Because I'll take a double, triple, quadruple. I'll take everything that God has. Amen. Because I need God. And so let's begin to worship the Lord in song. Remember Pastor Brown and his family there in Tennessee and they're going to be ministering this afternoon at Pastor Rayner's. Let's worship the King of Kings today. You're welcome to come in the altar. Stay where you're at. You need prayer, you come. Oh, your name is great. shame to say the name of Jesus. Amen, amen. 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 No matter what you think the others may do to you, stand and proclaim the name of Jesus. Let's continue to worship the Lord in song today. So good to see you. Oh, yeah. Today. Oh, he's holy. He's righteous. He's faithful. He's true. Oh, I thank you, God. Amen. Let's continue to worship the Lord in song today.
1: Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah.
0: Hallelujah. Woo! Come on now. we Glory to the Lord. Can you put your hands together? And can you praise the Lord today? Amen. Oh, yeah. Come on, somebody. All right. We can praise him. We can make a noise with our hands. We can make a noise with our mouth. Hallelujah. And I'm going to tell you what, if you're doing enough stomping and dancing, you'll make a noise with your foot. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord God of heaven. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. I don't know about you, but I'm glad to be in the house of the Lord today. Amen. Amen. Let's sing unto the Lord if we can. time, put your hands together. Magnify the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. You may be seated. Praise the Lord today. So good to see you today. I'm glad that you're in the house of the Lord. I know that Monday's a holiday and there's several that are out traveling. There may be some sick. And so if you're missing someone today, please just... Keep them in prayer. Brother Hillman is fixing to come and give announcements and receive tithes and half-shekel offerings. But I want to say ahead of time that we have our state conference coming up, and he's going to announce it again. And that is October the 6th and 7th. That is Thursday and Friday. Remember that Wednesday before, we will meet, we will worship the Lord in song, and then we will clean and get the church straight for the conference. Now, there's lots going to be happening. Please come and support the conference. We're going to have some special songs. I believe there is going to be a hands of praise that is going to be put together with some folks that have a burden for that. And so that's wonderful. Wonderful. So that's October the 6th and the 7th. Amen. Brother Hillman.
2: the church say praise the Lord. Come on, give the Lord some praise. Praise the Lord. Come on, give the Lord a hand of praise. Let him know that you're glad that you're here. Let him know you're glad you woke you woke up this morning. Come on, give him some praise. Hallelujah. Because he's worthy and he gave us another opportunity and privilege. We can come into this place. Amen. To worship him, to honor him. Amen. Don't you feel good to be here this morning? be able to get up this morning. Somebody didn't wake up this morning. Someone had a desire to come to church but couldn't make it this morning because of sickness. But God has strengthened us, put that desire in our heart to come out to worship him. We should be so thankful for that because he didn't have to do it, but he did. So I'm glad he woke me up this morning, started me off on my way to see a new day, and able to come to praise his name and to fellowship with my brothers and sisters in Christ. Can you say Amen praise the Lord. Now, in a way, our announcements, of course, the bishop uh, talked about we have a state, Texas State Conference here at this church, and that's going to start October 6th. And our, um, of course, you know, we want to do the best we can as we host different people. We come from out of town and everything like that, so we want to make everything just right for them. So we are going to have seven uh, p.m., we're going to have service. Of course, we want to uh, make sure and make everything right uh, for the rest of the conference. And then on uh, October 7th at 1130 at 8:00 a.m., we're having a fellowship that morning. And then at night, we're going to have a 6 p.m. service. And then October 8th at 1130 a.m., we're going to have ACJC Texas Ministerial Planning Meeting. Amen. So please be mindful of that time um that we can come in this worship amen the lord and fellowship with others that's going to attend our, st- our state conference amen is is we glad amen that this church is able to conduct such a conference praise the lord that's a privilege and honor be able to conduct the conference and have other people from the other places and states come just to visit this church so we want to show them love and we show them we want to show them that we love christ more than anything else, we want them to feel the presence of the Lord here, just being in service with us. Amen. On October 30th PM, we having a potluck, and remember what uh, our pastor was bringing out uh, last week about um, uh, the different dishes that we like to have and study. Somebody's bringing four or five of the same things. He uh, got a list out that's made for you to volunteer to bring what you would like to prepare for that potluck so that way we won't be eating um, uh, four and five different, the same stuff. Somebody is going to be, feelings going to be hurt if we don't eat your mashed potatoes. So so, so everybody brings some, something different, you know, if possible. Amen, praise the Lord. So we doing that, October 30th, that's going to be for our, our PM service is going to be at 5 PM that evening. And of course on the fall fest is going to be october 31st and we have talked about that talked about that about the do's and the don'ts and and everything uh, pertaining to that time of the year that we do not give any reference or any honor any glory amen to celebrate the way the world celebrates we're going to celebrate the way the saints of god need to celebrate our holidays everything now is commercialized anyway everything it's about that, that green piece of paper with a president on it. That's what everything is about. But we come in here, and we come to worship God, and just enjoy that time. Amen. While the world do their thing, we're going to do our thing. Can you say amen? Amen. amen. And then ladies' retreat is going to be late October. I guess in the future that will be announced. we do going to have a ladies' um, retreat. And if you're interested in, in that, Uh, you need to get with um, Sister White. And so we can find out we have enough ladies that want to participate in the tree. So get with her. Let her know, you know, your feelings that yes, um, I'll be here. Yes, what can I do? Whatever the case may be. Amen. So get with her on that. And then November 6th, we're going to have a roundup. We're going to have a roundup. Our youth is going to um, conduct another service. November sixth at PM service, Amen. On November sixth, so we would love to have another roundup. Can you say Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. God bless you. Oh, oh. See, I'm getting, I'm starting to get. See, I caught up with Brother White, and I'm starting to think like him. I'm getting forgetful. <laughs> so, hey, age makes a big difference in things. That's amazing, ain't it? The older you get, the less you remember.
0: What he's saying is he is now the same age as I am. (laughs) Listen, you need to laugh when it's appropriate to laugh. There's enough crying in the world. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. You're welcome to come. Look around at one another. Smile at one another. Wave at one another. So good to see everybody. Don't act like strangers. Also, let me let me say with the state conference there'll be a ACJC business meeting Friday evening at 5 p.m. 5 p.m. It's important that you are prompt for those ministers that are involved so that we can get through in time before the service. We'll be having the business meeting, however, in the Welcome Center, so the ensemble can still practice and so forth. Amen. Also, also, September the 18th, after the morning service, after the morning service, for those that may be interested, we're going to have a business meeting concerning finances, concerning finances. That is September the 18th, after the service, for those of you that would like to stay. Amen. So good to see you today. Wish more of you would smile, Amen. I know there may be things in your life that you say, well, I can't smile about that. Understand. But we're in the house of God. We're in the presence of God. And believe me, he would like for us to smile so that we can trust him to work things out in our life. Amen. Our ensemble can be seated. We're going to try to get right into the word of the Lord. The Lord has really dealt with me about what I'm going to be doing my best to preach. Whether the sound cooperates or not, I'm going to try to preach what the Lord has dealt with me. Amen. I'm going to be reading over in the book of Luke, chapter number 16, verse number 29. So nice of her husband waiting for her to help her down. That's really nice. We're we're looking for some handrails, too. I think Brother Scotty's looking for that. So so Amen. Looks like Brother Phillips, we have a problem. Brother Charles has got it. Good. Amen. Now there's gonna be a lot of foundational work here before I get to the point. So please try to stay with me because I want you to understand where I'm coming from this morning in the Lord. I don't want to just jump right into it without laying a good foundation. Amen. Luke 16, verse 29 says this, Abraham saith unto him, They have Moses and the prophets, Let them hear them. You may be seated. The conversation goes on in verse 30. The rich man that was in hell said, Nay, Father Abraham, but if one went from the dead, they will repent. And he said unto him, If they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. What is he trying to say? The word of God has to be first and foremost. You can't depend on feelings, emotions, your opinions, what other people tell you, what grandpa, what ma, it doesn't matter. The Word of God has to take preeminence. Whatever it says, nothing else matters. And sometimes it can be a little curt. It can be a little hard. It can be a little rough. It can be a little sandpapery to our lives and our thoughts and our heart. I want to try to remind some of you that we're in perilous times. They're not coming. They're here. I said they're here. And whether you keep up with current events or not, it still happens. You can't be an ostrich and try to hide from it. If you've been reading, if you have been reading, it is without a doubt that our government has been doing their best to censor Americans. To think that would happen in our country, that we wouldn't have the right to speak our opinion and respect others, I think it's important. It's not just my way, it's God's way. Just recently, some of you may know that our president, and he is our president, do all respect and honor as the president of the United States. But he gave a speech, and he attacked millions of Americans with two Marines behind him who are supposed to be non-political. And he stated that any Americans that vote Republican are a threat to democracy. I don't care how you vote. That's between you and God. But we have a vote to our conscience, and we should have the right to vote the way God leads us. And behind him was a red banner that represents socialism, and communism. We are getting close to the coming of the Lord. Where are you with Jesus? Are you leaning on your feelings? Are you leaning on your opinions? God dealt with me about this message in a very peculiar way. In fact, Evangelist Simmons, at the beginning of her message, which was a powerful message, there will be a performance, she began to talk about what God had laid on my heart as I was awakened an early morning that my cell phone went off. It was its ring, and the voice was the voice on my phone that says, you have an incoming call. He even said the name of the person. From JoJo. Of course, my phone didn't go off. God woke me up and he began to deal with me about what I'm about to preach. Are you ready, truly ready for the coming of the Lord? Are you ready to really be persecuted, even more so for being a Christian, if I may say so, a Bible-believing Christian? There is a difference, and I'm not backing up. There is a difference between a Christian and a Bible-believing Christian. I am a Bible. Go ahead and call me one. I'm a Bible thumper. Oh, yes, I am. I believe in the Word of God. I'm going to stand on the Word of God. I'm going to preach the Word of God. Everything I do is going to be by the Word of God. I want to talk about the new birth. Here we have a rich man already in hell that needed some relief but couldn't get any. And he began to look and see the beggar in Abraham's booger, buzzer, excuse me, bosom afar off. And he said, Father Abraham, send him, give me a little water. He said, We can't come. There's a great guff fix. He said, Okay. Work a miracle and send somebody from the dead that my five brothers not come here. And Abraham said it plain. Dreams won't save you. Visions won't save you. People that rise from the dead and tell you something contrary to the word of God will not save you. If they won't hear Moses and the prophets, there is no hope for them basically. In another verse of Scripture, In the book of Ephesians chapter 2, it tells us that we are built upon the foundation of the apostles and the prophets and Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. Ephesians 2 and 20. It talks about us getting access unto the Father by this word and by his spirit we gain access to God. Now as I begin To build this foundation of the new birth. There are some things I've got to tell you. And please, please study it out if you have problems believing it. The plan of salvation has been before the foundation of the world. That the Lamb of God would die. And that blood would be sufficient for the sins of the world. The Bible was written originally in three languages. Hebrew, Aramaic, and Greek. Initially, the Bible did not have chapters or verses. It was one book. Man put it into chapter and verses and even tried to separate the Old and the New Testaments so that it would be easier for us to study and understand truth. The problem is we haven't understood it. We're too busy fussing about that's in the Old Testament or that's in the New Testament. I'm here to tell you, if you will only listen to me for a moment, there is only one testament. You say, wait a minute, there's an old and a new. The old or the first, as the Bible says, was a physical application of the law. The next one to come built on better promises was a spiritual application where he did not write the laws That is found in the book on a tablet of stone. But he wrote it on our hearts. Everything you find in the first, you'll find in the new. There are abominations that are in the old that still are valid in the new. However, there are some abominations that he has allowed to make clean through the word of God in prayer. And one of them is food. And the other is the Sabbath, where it said, there remaineth a rest unto the people, that we are to rest in God and cease from our own works. In other words, there are some people that esteem one day above another. He said, listen, you work it out in your own mind. Don't judge one another about it. But you just get it right. Some people won't eat meat and some will. Hey, we're, Too busy fussing and fighting about things that really don't matter when we ought to be getting in the book and understanding, am I truly saved? Bible says work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. The new birth. The new birth. Do you understand this? I've taught this many times, but there's some new folks here, and I want to share it with you. People get misinterpretations because they don't understand how the Bible is set up. For example, the four books of the gospel, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Men put them in the New Testament, but they are not. they are not under the New Testament. They are under the period of the Old Testament, still under the law. So you can't really go by today's salvational principles what you find in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. It was just an introduction to the new birth. Hear me. Jesus himself talking to a master ruler, Nicodemus, the chief cornerstone. Nicodemus wasn't even asking how to be born again, but Jesus said, this is something you better get. He said, listen to me, you must. Be born again of water and spirit. There's two things that happen if you're not. One, you cannot see the kingdom of God. Neither can you enter into the kingdom of God. We've got a lot of Christians that are convinced because somebody told them they're saved Because they said some kind of prayer. Because God maybe answered a prayer. Or they felt a little doodad that they're safe. Honey, there's more to the new birth than a feeling. Nicodemus didn't understand it, but Jesus told him again. He said, what's born of man is man. What's born of God is of God. He said, marvel not, you must be born again. Okay, this new birth. Listen, I'm not trying to question any relationships that you have or think you have with Jesus. What I'm doing is trying to deliver a message. That God laid on my heart that every one of you that are sitting here, where are you at with the Lord? I know where you're at today in the sanctuary, but where are you at with the Lord? If he was to call you home in an automobile accident, uh, are you really sure you would wake up in paradise? Or you're not really sure where you would go? I'm telling you right now, I'm going to talk about three steps of the new birth. And get to the fourth step that some of you have forgotten. All right. I'm going to get to the place, number one, the first step in the new birth is repentance. Now, I'm going to read some of these things because it's important, okay? Listen to me. The new birth is far more than a mental belief or even a verbal profession. Just because you say you're saved doesn't mean you are. The new birth must include response and obedience to the word of God accepting and obeying the gospel, the good news. If I don't accept it in it's entirely, how can I be saved? If I don't obey it in it's entirely, how can I be saved? Repentance. This is more than I'm sorry. But rather it must be, listen to these three points of repentance. Get this down. It must be an emotional change. It must be a change of purpose. And it must be a change of views. Too many people that are not born again do not understand repentance. They think, God, I'll just come and say I'm sorry and that's enough. It is not enough. There must be a change. A change in the way you think and a change of the way you Feel there got to be a different direction. You cannot say, I'm saved and continue to live like you've always lived. It's impossible for you're supposed to be a new creature in Christ. How can a new creature live like the old creature and be born again? These things are a must. Too many churches do not preach repentance before they leave people up here. What are you saying? Can I just be me today? Thank you, because I'm going to be. Do you understand there are thousands of people that have received the Holy Ghost that really didn't understand repentance? And so they keep on Up and down, left and right, in and out, they never have a change. They're constantly dealing with their past because they haven't repented from it. They haven't walked away from it. They haven't had a change of purpose. What is your purpose? What is your purpose today? What is your purpose? My purpose is to please God and make heaven. That is my purpose. Nothing else matters. Now, I know we're not shouting and I know we're not jumping up and you're you're sitting there, but I'm telling you, this is the most important message you will ever hear in the church, and that is how to be born again and how to stay born again. Because I'm telling you, you can come and shout, you can speak in tongues, you can run and dance, you can be healed. I'm telling you, you can be transformed with a healing today. But still, go where the rich man went. It is only with these changes that I have mentioned to you that you will make a decision. Hear me. You cannot forsake sin until you make a decision I'm going to walk away from it. And if you don't have a change of views, you won't think what you're doing is wrong. Even though the Word of God says it's not right. Now, a lot of folks here that have been baptized in field are the ones saying amen, but i I've got the fourth step for you in just a little bit. What's the next step? You can find this in Acts 2.38. When the New Testament began. You say, what are you talking about? How could the New Testament begin on the day of Pentecost? The New Testament began, if you'll read the book of Hebrews, you'll find out that a testament is not in force until the testator dieth. If you've got a wheel, it's not being executed until you die. And then you got to have an executor to execute the will. That's why he's the mediator of the promise, a better promise. Not only was he the testator, but he was also the mediator and the executor to administer and distribute his own promise. So on the day of Pentecost, Peter stood up, who had the keys, repent and be Baptized. You know, I don't find anywhere, if you think it's okay, if you want to be, pretty pleased, do me a favor, join the church. He said, repent! Be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Now, sweet pea, you've heard this. Do not get bored of hearing it again. If you get bored in this message, you've got a problem with your walk with God. You may not like the way I'm talking about it, but, honey, I'm serious. I'm as serious as I've ever been. We've got to be sure we're right with God. You say, I don't believe water baptism has anything to do with my salvation. Really? really. Well, Peter said in First Peter chapter 3, verse 20 and 21, he said this, which sometimes we're disobedient. When once the long-suffering
3: of God waited in the days of
0: Noah. Do you know God is still being long-suffering that none of you should perish? Mm-hmm. He brought you here today to hear this message. Amen. Don't turn a deaf ear. Amen. Listen to what it says. While the
3: ark was a preparing,
0: We're in few eight souls. Were saved by water. Well, what saved? Well, by what saved? Saved by water. And what is this figure of
3: in verse twenty-one? The like figure, whereunto even baptism
0: doth also now save us. It says, "Baptism doth now also save us." Not Amen. the putting away of the filth of the flesh, but an answer of a good conscience towards God by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And if that's not enough in the mouth of two or three, let everything be established. I will read to you Mark 16, 16. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Amen. And he that believeth not shall be damned. Amen. That's the word of God. Trying to get you to understand you have to repent. You have to be baptized. And you have to be baptized correctly. According to the word of God, not man's tradition. Do you understand how many millions of people have been baptized according to man's tradition? And have got nothing but wet. They went in a sinner. They came out a sinner. You say, Pastor, you're being really hard. Am I really Preaching the truth is not hard. I've got Bible to back this up. Are you wanting the Word of God? Are you wanting the Word of God or you want tradition? Do you want denominationism and what's been going on? You're talking about false news. You're talking about false news. Too many denominations tell you baptism has nothing to do with your salvation. They're telling people lies. And then they say it doesn't matter how you're baptized. They're telling people lies. the word of God tells me how to be baptized. Romans 6, 4, and 5 tells me this. That I've been buried with him by baptism into death. Him, not them. That like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should also walk in newness of life. Listen to this verse. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. If I have not been baptized correctly, I have not been planted in his death. I have no hope of being resurrected to eternal life. I don't know how to sugarcoat it. I don't know how to make it easy. I don't know anything but to tell you the truth. There are five accounts of baptism from the day of Pentecost on. Acts 2.38, Acts 18 and 16, Acts 10.48, Acts 19 and 5, Acts 22 and 16. Do you understand that every one of these, listen to me, every one of these in the book, written by the chief cornerstone, every one of them were baptized in the name of Jesus. You say... It really doesn't matter whether I'm baptized by somebody saying Matthew 28, 19 or not. Really? Colossians three seventeen says, whatever you do. Thank you. In word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, given thanks to the Father by him. Do you understand there is no other name? Listen to me, please. There is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. I'm going to tell you right now, if you have not been baptized in Jesus' name, if you're not sure, if you think the church you were baptized in, baptized you that way, just tell me the church, and I'll tell you whether they did or not. I promise you I can. I'm telling you right now, you need to get up today. You need to make your way back and change your garment, and you need to be baptized in Jesus' name. Matthew 28, 19, we all know it. One, one recorded verse, one recorded verse. No examples in Scripture. Check me out. Check Those that are watching live stream, don't turn me off yet. Check me out. I've asked, I don't know how many hundred of people that I've given Bible studies to, and I've said, listen, listen. I'm not trying to argue with you. The Bible is plain. If you can find one example, hear me please, one solitary example of anyone ever being baptized by saying, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Ghost, then great, I'll receive it. But if you can't, will you be baptized in Jesus' name? Every one of them said yes, and not a one of them ever came back and showed me what they found. Do you understand that this was written in Greek. Do you understand that? And it was interpreted into our English. And some of the words they put in there are not even in the Greek. Do you understand that? And even if it was, can we read it like plain English? It says name singular, baptized in the name of the Father. In other words, we're looking for the name of the Father. And of the Son, we're looking for the name of the Son. And of the Holy Ghost, we're looking for the name of the Holy Ghost, right? Are we? there got to be one name because it says name, correct? Even algebra tells you that if you know one answer of the equation, the other two are the same. So I know the name of the Son. Thou shalt call his name. So the name of the Son is Jesus, isn't it? So the name of the Father has to be Jesus, doesn't it? Why? Because I've come in my Father's name. I have kept them in thy name. Jesus said, when you've seen me, you've seen the Father. For I am the express image of the invisible God. Hold it, I'm not through. The Holy Ghost's name must be Jesus too. He's the comforter, isn't he? And Jesus said, I will send him in my name. Now, I know there's some folks here that have not been baptized in Jesus' name. God would not have dealt with me if there was people. Everybody here been baptized in Jesus' name. I'm going to tell you that right now. (laughs) I'm going to tell you that right now. Again, I'm not trying to hurt you. I'm not trying to challenge you. I'm trying to get you to understand the word of God has to take preeminence. Not one person, one, one person, not one person ever was baptized in this book. By repeating Matthew 28:19. Every time they were baptized from the day of Pentecost on, they were baptized in the name of Jesus. You say, Hey, what about the thief on the cross? He went to paradise, he wasn't baptized, he didn't receive the Holy Ghost. Remember what I just told you. That was under the Old Testament. There were different principles of salvation. And here was salvation on the cross in the middle. He said, this day you will be with me in paradise. Uh, There was no need for him to be baptized because the promise had not yet been given. Because Jesus had not yet been glorified. We've got to keep the Bible rightly divided. Do you understand me? Now this may be a little longer message than you're used to me preaching lately. But you better just grip the, the chair but not too tight. The next step in the new birth is receiving the Holy Ghost. It's it's not a separate person. It's the same person. One person. This is what the Bible says in Romans 8, 9, and 11. But you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If so, be that the spirit of God dwell in you. Now listen to what it says, how it equates the spirit of God with the spirit of Christ.
3: Now, if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. I didn't say that.
0: But I can repeat it. If you have not got the Holy Ghost, you're not God's. But God wants you to be His. And God wants you to have His Spirit. But you've got to repent and be baptized. And if you have His Spirit and you have not been baptized, you still got to fulfill that command. Then He goes on to say the body is dead because Christ is in you. But the spirit is life because of righteousness. Now listen to verse 11. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus
3: from the dead dwell in you. If I have the Holy Ghost. He, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal body. I'm bodies, going to be resurrected because I have
0: the spirit of God in me that resurrected the man of Christ. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. There are five accounts in scripture of people receiving the holy ghost acts chapter 1 verses 4 and 5 acts 2 and 4 acts 10 44 through 47 you say pastor i can't remember that i can't i can't write that fast review the live stream acts 11 15 through 17 acts 19 oh i love that one i may even take time to read that i i, I love acts 19 woo i will tell you acts 19 I don't know how, how folks that, that have not got the Holy Ghost, how they get around this. I, I I really don't know. It says right here in Acts 19, verse 1. I'm just going to read. I'm going to take time and read this. It says, and it came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus. He, finding certain disciples, you know what disciples are, don't you? They are yeah. believers in Christ, aren't they? In other words, you could be a believer in Christ and not have the Holy Ghost. I'm going to prove it. I'm going to prove it. He said unto them, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And they said
3: unto him, we have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost.
0: Okay, wow, they didn't know anything about it. So, were they okay? No, Paul said then, go ahead.
3: And he said unto them,
0: unto what then were you baptized? Here we go. How were you baptized? If you don't know about this Holy Ghost, you don't have the Holy Ghost, then evidently I question your baptism. And they said we were baptized under John's baptism. That was... Mm-hmm saying unto the people, you should believe on him that should come after me.
3: Right, right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Keep reading. Then said Paul, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance, Uh saying unto the people that they should believe on him which should come after him. Kind of quoted that, didn't I? That is on Christ Jesus. Well,
0: it continues there. It continues.
3: When they heard this,
0: they were baptized in
3: the name Wait of the minute, Lord Jesus. They were rebaptized, Jesus.
0: weren't they? They were rebaptized. Yes. They didn't let a little water keep them from coming down and being baptized again. Mm-hmm. They didn't say, "Well, I don't want nobody to know I hadn't been baptized in Jesus' name." Honey, if I knew I wasn't baptized in Jesus' name, I'd already be running down here. Pastor, yes. baptize me right now! Amen. Baptize me right now! And when, and when Paul had laid his, they hands were rebaptized them. in Jesus' name. Paul laid hands on them, and the Holy Ghost came on them, and they spake with tongues and prophesied.
3: Amen. Amen. Amen.
0: Bible. Amen. Now, I'm preaching my heart out. You may not think so. You may think it's rough, but really it's not rough at all. I'm trying to help you shore up your salvation. Because I know there's some of you here you might think you've been baptized in Jesus' name. If you don't know that you know that the church that you attended in was baptized in, they only said, they only said, they only said, I baptize you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. You need to be rebaptized, And if you have not had the Holy Ghost, you can today. Now I want to get to the last step you think, well, I thought that was all there was to it. No, there's one more step. There's one more step to the new birth. And I'm going to talk to all of you now, including myself, including myself, that have been born again of water and spirit. I've been born again a long time, 40-plus years. This step applies to me. And I have to work on this step every single day. And there's times that I don't have it too well, and I've got to repent. Repent. I've got to have a change of views. I've got to have a change of purpose. And that is this. Are you really, truly, am I being led of the Spirit? Before you answer that, understand that the Spirit is subject to the prophet. God will not lead you to do something that is out of order. Everything you hear or everything you receive doesn't have to be spoken. I'm glad that's the truth because I'd be here all day. Because There's some things that I hear that I would speak, but it's not productive. Are you really? I know. I, I heard that. I will say that. Most of you are saying, yeah, I am. Really? Okay. There's a lot of fruits of the flesh being demonstrated by us. So Evidently, we're not being led of the Spirit too well. I don't know what Spirit we're being led by, but it's not the Holy Ghost. Because if we were being led by the Holy Ghost, we'd only have the fruit of the Spirit. We would not have the manifestation in the works of the flesh. You can find it in Galatians if you want to know what they are. But some of you know what you got, and I know what I have. For the flesh lusts against the spirit, Galatians 5. And The spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary. The one to the other. So you cannot do the things that you would. But if you be led of the spirit, you're not under the law, the physical law. Now let's move to Romans. Written by Paul, just like he wrote, Galatians, under the inspiration of God. For as many as led by the spirit of God, they are the sons of God. What? Are the sons of God. You mean to tell me that if I'm not allowing the Holy Ghost to lead me in everything I do, everything I do, how I approach people, what I think of people, what I do in church or out of church. Wow. But I'm still a child of God because I spoke in tongues this morning. That's not what that says. It says that I have to be led of God. And when I find myself leading myself, i got to be quick to repent. And some things are harder to work on than others. Some things take weeks to get back to where they need to be. But some of you, you're so used to it that you're just still walking in your imaginations, your attitudes, Your lack of commitment and consistency. Hear me. You're hot one day and you're cold the next. That's not being led of the Spirit. There's one thing that I've never lost, and that's my praise. I may be preaching tonight. I got another thought. You save yours for Wednesday. Hear me. I'm trying to help you. It's important that we understand that I have got to work at being led of the Holy Ghost. It takes work. It takes repentance. It takes prayer. It takes honesty. Not justification. Hear me. You got to be honest with yourself. Yeah, it hurt. Yeah, it wasn't right, but what would Christ do? You heard that. WWJD, you heard it. Oh, they quoted it all. And that came from probably people hadn't been born again. It's amazing to me. You better hear me, sweet P. There are people that are not born again that can seem to act more Christ like than you and I. Oh, Pastor, you're just hurting us today. Am I really? Or am I being honest? You know what I'm telling you is the truth. For they have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but they have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. For the Spirit itself bear witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if we be children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If so be we suffer with him. You let a little something be hard, and we miss so many church services, it's unbelievable. We're out the door. We're looking for somewhere else to go. The service just wasn't encouraging today. Where's the book says it has to be? The book says preach the word. And if you love the word, nothing therein shall offend you. Thank you, Brother Brown. Your future wife will like that hand clap. Now, someone recently brought this to me, and I'm going to use it as a closing illustration. Have you ever heard the world saying, bloom where you're planted? You ever heard that? Let me speak to you. If you're going to bloom, you got to stay planted. It's amazing to me about plants and blooms that all bloom the same, but if they stay planted, they have a chance to bloom. But if they're movable and shakeable, they're not producing any blooms. They're producing thorns. It's kind of like Jesus coming to the fig tree. He was hungry. And he looked up and said, where are the figs? I'm hungry. He cursed that tree. And within a day, it withered and died. And the time of figs weren't even yet. If you are planted, you will not be movable. And you will not be shakeable. Because being planted is being consistent, faithful, and you will wait for the rain. I'm not moving! It's gonna rain! I don't know when, but boy, Texas, it's been hot. I'd like to get up and go inside. But they stay planted. And we've got some in our flower garden that made it through the drought. And when the rain came, have you noticed it's like spring out there now? Everything was what? Brown and dead. But at the center of water. What am I trying to tell you, sweet pea? You want to bleed, broom? You want to have the fruit of the Spirit? Then you better get more consistent than you've been. Quit using every excuse under the sun to keep yourself out of church, every little trial, every little emotional disturbance, and you're not coming to the house of God. And that's the service. You could have received water, and that's the service. You could have had some food. Blooms will be produced if you're the same day in and day out. Have you ever went outside at night and looked at flowers? You say, why would I want to do that? I couldn't see them. Guess what? They're still there, whether you see them or not. And they're patiently waiting, even though some, we've got this hibiscus bush that in the evening, it closes up its blooms. It's just a green plant. But then the sun comes up. And you look out there, the next thing you know, and those blooms are, are as big as my hand. So when it gets dark in your life, oh, when the clouds are overshadowing the sun, and there's no rain in sight. I'm not budging God because I know the sun will shine again and the rain will come. Come on, somebody. I'm trying to help you understand people are coming, they are coming to this church, but we need to be a church that's blooming, consistent. They don't need to see you here one service and then look for you, and you're not here five services. The new birth, if you haven't been, stand to your feet if you would, please. i preached everything that's within me today. i got another message God's been dealing with me. If I'm physically able, I'll preach it tonight. Brother Phillips will preach Wednesday. But I'm going to tell you right now, you and I, you and I, need to become more faithful and consistent than we've ever been before. Jesus is coming. You know what he's coming for, don't you? Plants that are planted. With oil. In other words, full of the Holy Ghost. If you have not been baptized, if you're a lady, somebody will help you. A lady will help you get a garment on. If you're a man, a man will help you. Just be sure you repent. For those of you that have been born again, do some self-reflection. Where are you at? Where are you at? Really, where are you at? The altars are open. Don't forget service tonight. You're welcome to come. People are coming and they're praying. I don't know about you. I want to be saved. I want to be saved more than anything in my life. Service tonight at 6, prayer at 545. Remember, ministry, we have a short meeting right after service today in my office. The Lord bless you today. God loves you. He wants you to be saved. The Bible says he doesn't want any to perish, but he's long-suffering that all can come to the knowledge of the truth, repentance in the knowledge of the truth, and be saved.